Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome everyone to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Jeff Lerner, your host, always excited to be back with you for amazing conversations with amazing entrepreneurs. Today we are joined by Marley Jacks. You may already know her. Uh, she's out there, you might say. She's a CEO of Jacks Productions. She's well regarded as a video content uh, production and distribution and just general awesomeness expert. Is that, an, is that a thing, an awesomeness expert? Yeah, that's uh, my new title. I'll put it on my business card. Yeah, cool, cool. Just as, yeah. long, as, I, as long as I get a little credit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she really is. In fact, it, it's kind of cool because about three, four years ago when YouTube was like a twinkle in my imagination, like, oh yeah, I could, I could and should do that. Um, she was somebody I came across that had sort of a methodology and, and you know, inspiration about how successful it could be. And that was, and so it's nice to circle back and say, hey, I, I did it. Now let's talk about it. Um, she also, and I want to hear more about this. She has a, a challenge called Infinite Impact Challenge, which is, I think, going to challenge people to kind of do what I've done, which is like use video to get your message out there and she'll guide you through it. So lots to talk about. Miss Jax, Marley, welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, so glad you're here. So, you know, let's uh, let's back up. Um, you 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 know, to the casual observer stumbling upon you, you're this you know confident, uh, highly uh, productive, you know, sort of fertile creator of. That's a weird thing to say to a woman. Fertile, <laughs> fertile creator of content not humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but I suspect, and I know from your story, it was not always the case. Like you had to kind of find your way into this comfort level and this, this world. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Mm -hmm. It's funny, you, you, right before we started, uh, you know, hit, hit record on this, we kind of joked about like, yeah, just overnight success. That's just how you, um, I've done, and I think anyone, any entrepreneur would have like, you know, roadblock after another, after another. And then, you have to at some point come to terms with like, oh yeah, this is what I signed up for. Like I'm willing to do what most people won't so that I can have what most people won't. Um, and so for me, I, I, I feel like always growing up was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I didn't, I didn't want to have a nine to five, but I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't know that like I could really own my own business. Um, so I worked in radio and television for a bit. I worked in entertainment, event management. Uh, and then I took a total U-turn and went to something normal. Um, I was a dental hygienist for a few years hmm. and uh, was bored of cleaning teeth, but just, it was stable while I was figuring out what I wanted to be. And I started doing social media for the dental office. And then their IT guy was like, hey, can you do social media for my other client? Well, he referred me to all of his clients. And I was like, this is a, like, I can make money doing this. This is crazy. Um, and I, like, I was just naturally good at, you know, telling stories of like here, you know, the people in the office and how can I make social media interesting about, about them instead of about like fun facts about whatever the industry is. Right. Um, and then I started making videos for myself to try to get more clients. And some of those really started to take off. And then I was like, I wonder if I can make videos for my clients to help them get more clients. And and it snowballed and it built from there that now we have a, a seven figure video marketing agency and help our clients get to six figure, seven figures, even six, seven figure months on YouTube. That's so cool. Yeah. You were talking about the, the overnight success. I actually <laughs> posted a thing today on Instagram that I saw 
uh, that said, and I'm looking at it right now. It says, a question was asked to Elon Musk. What oh. words of encouragement would you give an entrepreneur? Elon answered, if you need words of encouragement, don't become an entrepreneur. I saw that. Yeah, what a what a badass response. That was I know, great. it's so good. It's so true too. Um, so so yeah, I mean, anyway, it, it speaks for itself. But yeah, it's hard. It's long. How long from the time you kind of were like, oh, there's something here that I might want to pursue did it take for you to, to become, let's say, a, you know, what you would consider a, a successful, thriving entrepreneur? I would say, so I started doing social media kind of on the side while I was a dental hygienist in um, August 2016. And by April 2017, I quit and went all in. Um, doesn't mean that I was doing great, because <laughs> I definitely right. had times where like, you know, that uh, feast or famine, like, will I get a new client? Will I make some money here? And, and or you lose a client and then what's next? And, um, and then I even found myself probably about six months, actually, it was probably a full year later um, that I was like, I don't, I've like created, you know, I built this baby and I hate my baby. Like I, this business became my life, but I was saying yes to everything that was not necessarily in alignment with me, but I was like, well, if I say no, I'm turning down opportunities and how am I going to grow my business? But I didn't realize that by niching down and by saying no to, you know, wrong opportunities that would actually bring in the right ones for me. So I actually, at that time, let go of most of my clients and restructured from there and had to do a lot of, you know, soul searching of what do I want to do? What industries, niches, people do I want to work with? And that self-awareness has to come from within. Yeah. So when I kind of came across you, I would say it was probably summer to fall 2018. Okay. So it sounds like that was right when you were going through the reinvent yourself or reinvent that was, your business. It was probably phase. like shortly after. And that would have been around the time because I went to um, Funnel Hacking Live for the first time in 2018. And then mm -hmm. I joined Inner Circle shortly after. So that, that would have been around and, that. And time. that's how I, that's how I, I came across you was through the inner circle, the ClickFunnels inner circle yeah. connections. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Although frankly, nine months from first foray into burning your boats and going full time, yeah. that's really fast. Yeah, uh, it was. Most people don't go that fast. I'm going to, forgive me for the personal question, but were you married and or did you have children? I was married um, and then at the beginning of 2020 got divorced. So okay. it was it was interesting to grow in my business and then find, you know, of who I am as an entrepreneur and realize like, and you know, when people ask what happened in the marriage, I never wanna give too personal details, but it's very easy blanket statement to say like, when we got married, we didn't know who we were yet. And then yeah. I discovered I was an entrepreneur and he wasn't and we wanted different things. Of course, there's so much more to that, but like, I think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs can face as they grow into who they are as a person in their purpose, that the relationships around them can yeah. become interesting. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work if your spouse isn't an entrepreneur, but in my case, it didn't. You know, that's, that's interesting. I, my, my gut is telling me go there. So if you're comfortable, that's, there. there's probably a lot of really cool material that would be a yeah. ton of value to people out there because the reality is. Being an entrepreneur, it's not just your job, mm -mm. it's your life. Yeah. And it has implications on all parts of your life. Uh, and, and I will share myself that um, I went through a divorce as a, I would say 
at least largely driven by not necessarily that I was an entrepreneur, but who I was. And part of that was that I was an entrepreneur. You know, I was, I wanted, I, I valued freedom over security. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't want to be tied down. I didn't, I sort of, at least at that time in my life, I resisted routine. I wanted a little more of a carefree uh, approach. Although now scaling a business, I'm like the most structured routine driven person ever. Mm -hmm. Cause you just have to be to do it all. Um, but yeah, so, so what, what more can you say again, without being too personal to whatever you're, you're comfortable with, like what, what drove that schism within that dynamic? A lot of it was definitely like, hard to say, I, I, I want to be respectful to him. Mm -hmm. We don't have a relationship anymore, but you know, um, when I was growing into who I was as an entrepreneur and, you know, ha had so many opportunities and, and in a way, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they start their businesses and they have this like drive of, I want to create a life for my family that I didn't have, or just new opportunities. And as you grow into that, at some point, you can also lose sight of, wait, what's the original reason why I started that? Like sometimes yeah. people start businesses and it just becomes a 24 hour J-O-B that they, they're still chained to their desk, but kind of interesting what you said about you valued freedom over security. I can totally, I can totally resonate with that. And, and absolutely there were things where like, I was so focused on my business that there were parts of the relationship that I neglected. And I think any entrepreneur is going to try to find that balance. Um, but there was also where I was willing to grow and that he didn't want to come with. Like, I love what Steve Larson says that your business will only grow to the level that you do. And as you grow in who you are personally, it's going to change every aspect of your life. And sometimes there are people that fall away. Sometimes they're the people that are the closest to you or that, that you assume should, should be the most supportive and they just aren't. And it's a personal decision of, am I going to work at this or is this just not in alignment and, and our season has, has run out? Yeah, that's interesting. So not again, nine months. And the reason I asked about the marriage and the kids is because, you know, I work with a lot of people that are trying, you know, either fully trying to pivot into entrepreneurship or at least start it in parallel, like, you know, a, a side hustle, maybe with a job mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and so often the family is such a, a weighty part of the, the strategy. You know, how much time can I commit to this? When do I quit my job? Um, and, and not so much even a spouse, but kids. A lot of times kids are, a, so the fact I'm guessing in, <laughs> to make that shift in nine months when it was still a little bit feast or famine, you, you didn't have kids. No, I don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that's probably, that probably warrants saying, because I, one of the things I'm always careful of is like, like my experience, the, the right way to do it isn't necessarily to do what I did. I just right? found my right way to do it. Right. But if you've got six kids and you're the sole breadwinner, don't be crazy. Like necessarily I was, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so, so you're a dental and, and before you were a dental hygienist or even while you were a dental hygienist and you had this idea, I don't want to have a nine to five. Did you have a clarity and even a picture around thus, I do want to be an entrepreneur. And I think I know what that looks like, or was it more just like, I don't want to have a job. So I got to figure something else out. I, I didn't like, I didn't know that I could, that I had what it took to start a business. I think I got too much in the weeds of like, well, I got to get a license and I got to do these things and payroll and like the tactical things that I don't even think of now you can outsource that. Right. But I think my thing was, well, I don't even know what, what I would do. I don't, it's not like I want to start up a retail store or a restaurant. Like, I think that's, that was my 
exposure to it at that time. So I was also just looking for at the time while I was trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, what's a job that will still give me flexibility and freedom. And when I worked in entertainment, you know, I could come and go into the office and I could, you know, work evenings or work mornings and the time was flexible. And then when I went into dental hygiene, I was like, oh, this is great because you work your hours and you don't bring work home with you. Like you just work, you clean teeth and like, then you're done. So that was kind of another, I was like, oh, there's some freedom there. But then I hated that you have to be there at 9 a.m. And you have to be like, you finish at this time and you don't, if I have to take a phone call or want to go to lunch or a doctor appointment, like I got to get permission for someone to be able to do that. And, and I used to think that, there was security in someone else signing my paychecks. So leaving was a difficult decision of, well, maybe one more client or, or maybe I'll make a little bit more money before I go. And, and in, I think in 2020, we realized how false that belief is of their security and someone signing our paychecks. Cause look at how many people lost their jobs when the unthinkable happened mm-hmm. and, and, then people like then the government has to pay and entrepreneurs are the ones who have multiple sources of revenue and have no ceiling on their income so i'm i'm so glad that i figured that out and was able to to squash that belief when i did hey sorry for the interruption i just wanted to let you know you can get a free copy of my book the millionaire shortcut which shows you the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy there's a special link just for this episode in the description Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, I I think that's really great that you said that. Like this past year has rocked so many people and Mm -hmm. and it's not that it was like an easy year for entrepreneurs necessarily. It's just that we've already been training for this. Yes. You know, we know how to roll with punches and, and find new opportunities and have a radar for value and, and, you know, know how to, create solutions to people's pain points and how to present those solutions in a compelling way that drives conversions and transactions. Like mm-hmm. that's just, there's, I don't know anybody that would go, I don't want to know all that. That's not interesting right. to me. Right. What's so interesting at the beginning of, uh, of everything, the lockdowns and everything. Um, I of course had a moment of like, how do I pivot things? How, how do I change what I'm doing to, you know, be sensitive to what's happening in the world. And I decided to get louder that I was like, I'm not going to shut down my content. I'm going to get louder. And I sure did have people commenting on my ads or on my posts being like, Hey, honey, do you realize that we're in lockdowns? This is kind of insensitive of you to be doing this. And I just responded with, you know what? I am fighting with you. I am fighting for you. And what I am doing is going to help you to make money in this economy when things are very unprecedented. I hate that word. We've heard it way too many times. Right. Unprecedented and and we don't and unpredictable. So what I'm doing in selling you a $47 challenge that people have been proven to make thousands of dollars from, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna go quiet. Yeah, it's it's funny. It it is fun. I mean, this last year, we we don't need to it's probably the horse is dead. Like we don't need to be <laughs> yes. anymore. But I mean it was it was such a, a petri dish of human psychology of wow. like, we got to see employees and, and, you know, we, we talk, we speak in generalities cause we're marketers, right? We have to like define words that we can use with specific impact and meaning. But like right. we talk about employees and entrepreneurs, like we saw employees go full employee in 2020, like full dependency, full, I'm screwed and don't know what to do. Full, full, I don't know how to take responsibility. I don't know where to go if nobody's telling me where to go. I don't know what to work on if nobody's telling me what to work on. Like, 
and we saw entrepreneurs go full entrepreneur. You know, I kind of think of it as like if, if, if anarchy broke out, you would have like the wolves and the sheep. And the sheep would get real sheepish and the wolves would get real wolfish because the, the environment would demand those extremes. That's kind of what we just went through. That's interesting. That's totally a great way to put it. I saw from people this year, what I never expect, like people even the closest to me that are in the, the fight or flight and reacting out of fear. And, and you can kind of just see on, so just scroll through your timelines, the people that are, you know, responding to fear or that are looking to optimism and how can I control this situation? So you went, uh, you, double, you, you doubled down on content production. I'm curious, uh, how did you approach this past year content consumption? Did those habits change at all? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking to that, uh, and when I would say, I, I actually used myself, I'm like, hey guys, I'm not going quiet. And, and it's not time for you to go quiet either. And look at what the world is doing. They're not at work they're working from home, they're consuming content more than ever. We are attached to our devices. And even looking at the stats, like the numbers on like how many more people were on Facebook, how much content was being consumed on YouTube, just to show that and be like, guys, this is where your, this is where your audience is. And I have the system to help you turn that content into cash flow. And even comparing like, look at the celebrities right now. I mean, celebrities couldn't be, you know, actors weren't on movie sets. So they're yeah. turning like Instagram stories into like, look at me in my kitchen. But here's the thing with what the celebrities are doing that sure they have big audiences, but they're also a little, I mean, as much as we are interested in seeing what their life is like, we also are really attracted to those creators, the marketers that are showing how relatable they are. Mm -hmm. um, how many TikTokers, you know, made really fun, entertaining content from, you know, being stuck in quarantine. Um, and if you can turn that into your value ladder and monetize it, like people had a lot, I've heard from a lot of people, you know what, I actually grew my business in 2020. Yeah, I grew my business 3000% in 2020. Oh my God, see? Like, tw beginning of 2020, I was like a who is this guy? What is he doing? Mm -hmm. Do I care? End of 2020, I think we might have the fastest growing private education company in the world. Like it was Maybe. bananas. Yeah. It was nuts. And I was sitting there looking around me going, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. The world changed. Get ahead of it. Yeah. And I will say one of the things that I did, and I'm curious if you did this too, was I... I 100% eliminated my consumption of social media content. Did you? Good for you. 100%. To this day, I still, the only reason I go on it is I might look at a specific marketer. Like, for example, I looked at your stuff mm. an hour ago because cool. I knew we were going to talk, right? Yeah. But it's all, it's all intentional. It's all with purpose. The feed, I, I'm apparently I must be hungry because I have no feed in my life. Like, yeah, I just, I, I haven't looked at a feed in a year. Yeah. Good for you. Um, Imagine what that does to your, like your mental health and your oh psychology. I, like good for I, you. I feel like, I feel like a giant among men. And I don't say that from ego. I say that from hygiene, mental wow. hygiene. My mind is clean. Yes. And this, in, in this world between COVID, the presidential election, black lives matter and, and, and all the contention surrounding that, like if there was ever a year to stop polluting your brain with this stuff, it was this year. And I even said on a, on a, on a podcast yesterday, I said, look, I'm the best of the, I try to be the best of the worst. 
So if you're going to consume something, consume my stuff. But still, my advice would be don't consume anything, including my stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's self, that's, that's a, against my own interest to say, but I think that's pro human interest to say, like, it's, I'm curious. So like as a video content creator, somebody who, who's, who's gotten so much value out of these social platforms. And, and I, I will say you're on your primary focus is YouTube, right? YouTube. And I do a lot on Instagram as well. Okay. I feel very differently about those two platforms. I love YouTube. I kind of think Instagram is garbage, but I'm curious and, and I'll explain why I'm not just like a hater, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, how do you feel about social media, uh, in general, I guess, in terms of its impact on society? Mm -hmm. I'm first, I'm glad that I didn't have social media growing up. Um, Facebook, I was in grade 12 when Facebook yeah. showed up. Uh, and it's funny, my first Facebook status is, you know how on Facebook, maybe you don't know, <laughs> on Facebook, it'll say like on this day, and it'll be like the last couple yeah, of years yeah. you posted on that day. And sometimes it'll, my first Facebook post ever, I was going through a breakup in my in grade 12. And I, my Facebook status was Marley is sad. <laughs> Just <laughs> funny to see how I've evolved over time. Right, right. Um, but I, I love social media, but I also see where it is a detriment to people with their mental health, with their productivity, with just gossip and drama and getting sucked into other people's narratives or, or motives. Um, so I, I, I luckily, I kind of just have a routine of when I check social media and I, I really like to be personable and, and connect with my audience. So like, I love you know, sharing a little bit of my, my day, like even I took a little Instagram story and we'll share, you know, us right, on this right. podcast um, and then talk about it. And, but then, you know, in the evening, I'll go and go through all my direct messages and respond to all of them. Cause I, that's me, not like an assistant. I want to connect with my people. Um, Cause that's also how I'm going to learn what my audience needs, wants, what they're responding mm -hmm. to. And, you know, I'm the visionary for my business. Um, but when I scroll, I try to be quick about it. And I, I also do just a a personal time study every day where I write down every single thing that I do. And right. I don't want to write down that I scrolled through Instagram for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, to, again, it's only with intention. And, and I guess I, I, you know, cause again, I have so many people that are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. What needs to change for that to become my reality? And it's usually time management. Yes. Um, and, and, and I'm like that relation, that's probably the biggest relationship for a lot of people that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Is their whole relationship to the internet as going from a consumer to a producer? Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, oh, if you, if you want to respond to direct messages, great. Block off some time and go do that. If you want to, even if you want to comment on other people's posts, block off some time and go do that. If you want to interact in your group, block off some time and do, go do that. But yeah, the idea of just like, I'm exploring, mm -hmm. I'm just like wandering through the land of social, these social platforms, I think is, is so uh, it could be better. It's just not because human nature just doesn't, we don't do well with like free drugs, free sex and free social media. Like we just, we indulge too much. It just doesn't so go well. Your time. Do you have like every hour of your day blocked off? Um, yeah. So this is my schedule for today. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was 19 hours of my day accounted for. Yeah. <laughs> in the spots that are blank, like if, if there's a 15 minute window or, or do you block mm -hmm. off like rest, eat lunch, go to the gym? Like how much do you also schedule your downtime or your play? 
Yeah. So 3.30 to 4.30 is wake up and morning routine. 4.30 to 5.30 is gym. 5.30 to 6.30 is practice piano. Cool. 6.30 to 8 is uh, family morning and eat breakfast. So I see my kids. And so, yeah, I have, and I mean, like from 10 to 11.30 today, I had just like, I called it creation time, mm -hmm. right? It's just making, I'm working on a course right now. So yeah, I, everything, I, you know, I try to, and I'm curious, do you do this? I mean, say, okay, at the end of the year or the end of the month or the end of the week, whatever unit of time, here's what I want to have done. So how do I take my 168 hours a week and organize it? So all those things get done. Right. And do you, do you script it to that detail? I have, I certainly have routines. And so we, we also follow Alex Sharfin's waterfall um, methodology for, for how you plan your time and your future goals. So we know like, what's our year objectives, our 90 day targets, our 30 day goals, our weekly commitments. And I know from the weekly commitments on Monday, like where I'm blocking those things that are actually going to move the needle in my business. And like you, I have my routine. I have a, I go to bar class every morning. That's my, like my movement every morning. And then have, I know like I have this time before my calls get started where I can read, you know, get dressed, get ready, um, you know, journal, whatever I need to do. And then it goes into scheduled calls, but then my evenings are fairly flexible of, you know, am I going to keep working? Am I going to play? Am I going to go out with somebody? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I build that flex time in too. So like, I think today, actually I, I'm coaching a basketball team, for my high school, a bunch of high school kids. And I have, we have practice from seven to eight. And then after that, it's just like, hang out with my wife and chill. And, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, you have to build that in too. Like you can't be um, a terminator. Yeah. <laughs> You'll lose your, lose your mind. But again, I mean, what we're talking about versus where most people are is just, is a world apart. And I don't say that supercilious. I just say it like sad. Mm -hmm. almost like P I, the, the value of time and it is it's, it kind of goes to that employee mindset like time is a thing that I can kind of take for granted except insofar as I should trade units of it for money mm -hmm. and I don't know maybe tell me how you feel because I suspect it's different than that the thing I, I love trading I'm not going to trade hours for dollars I need to look at like what's the most revenue generating thing that I can do and then when I'm free like what's the most freeing playful thing that I can do that's going to re-energize me and bring me back into this and what I was just thinking of when you were saying that is like previous relationships where maybe I was like you know I'm focused I've always been goal-oriented like high school even always like that of just here's what I here's what I'm doing and my my schedule is busy I'm always I just I'm fueled by that um, and may have complaints from like friends or, or boyfriends or relationships of, um, will you never spend time with me? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to bed when you're at the bar. I'm sorry. I'm up and working when you're sleeping until noon. And I'm like, I'm excited about life. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, when people ask, are you a, a, a night owl or a morning person? And I'm like, I know you can't have both, but like, I love both. I just, I just like to be alive and, and doing something with that time. How many hours a night do you sleep? seven um i want to say more but like I'd, i would like more but it's sometimes six or seven yeah yeah i feel you um so how did you for lack of a better way to say it how did you get this way what, what was, was it an early influence were you just born with it like what happened you know i've done a lot of therapy to try to find that <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think that this is a common thing for entrepreneurs and I can definitely speak for myself that I think entrepreneurs will sometimes start their business from a place of I've got something to prove. Yeah. 
And at some point, hopefully, or if, if people aren't there yet, I, I sure hope it's coming. You get to a point where you're like, huh, there's more than this. Like there's, this is not fulfillment to, to say, I told you so, or look at me, I did it. Despite all the people that told me I couldn't. Um, you get to a point where you're like, yeah, okay, the, the fame and fortune isn't actually what's fulfilling me. And so I definitely had that, like, look what I can do and I can do this. And I, I have a great, you know, my parents are amazing, but I always wanted to impress them. I, I was a little child performer, like, a, you know, dance classes and singing and piano lessons and like always wanted to see mom and dad in the audience smiling up at me mm -hmm. um, and definitely had kids in school that, you know, were mean to me and you know, those, those young experiences, I think somehow stay with you. And they definitely stayed with me of the mean girls in school or just wanting to make my parents proud while I was up on a stage, uh, that, that fueled me for a time. And I can look at that and say, you know, that's too bad that I, I got my self-worth from outside sources, yeah. but it served me to a point and brought me to the awareness of, well, wait a minute, how can I actually find that self-worth from it, from within? And I mean, that's a huge reason why also my marriage didn't work. Look at how much I changed and shifted to evolve that who I was before didn't serve the relationship that I was in that, you know, he liked me when I was limited. And as I grew, oh. that can become threatening. Like how I'm sure anyone listening knows what it's like when your growth lands on someone else's wound and it can be a trigger or it can be a fuel. Is that a thing you say or just a thing you just said when your growth lands on someone else's wound? Yeah, I say that. That's good. That's good stuff. I'm taking it's, that. That's it's happened beautiful. over and over. Yeah. And, and, and you also said he liked me when I was limited. Yeah. I don't know. We might just have to end right now. That was some good. <laughs> we won't, but that was good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you're talking, I was thinking about another uh, another conversation I had a few weeks ago on the podcast, and the guy I was talking to was talking about, and he had kind of these three phases that he had defined um, in his life. He said, it, he, you know, as an entrepreneur, he's like, you go from surviving, uh, survival, to success, to significance. Mm, yes. And he had kind of just gone from success to significance, and I... I personally feel like I've recently gone from success to significance. You know, five years ago, just like you were saying, I was just trying to prove everybody wrong. Mm -hmm. All the, you know, I was a high school dropout. I was a musician. Um, I grew up, I was bullied. I had a genetic condition. Like I had all these ch chips on my shoulder, right? And, you know, about two years ago, something flipped. And now I'm just trying to, you know, whatever, do good work and reform education and save the kids and, you know, empower entrepreneurs, whatever it is, right? So it's significance. Um, but I, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Um, have you made that? Do you feel like you're in that third phase? Because you're pretty young. I wouldn't blame you if you weren't. Yeah, I, I think I'm always working towards that. Like my vision has certainly changed and there is so more success to be found. But I think, I think I'm still, you know, I never want to feel like I've made it. Like, yeah. awesome, I'm there, reach the finish line. There's no finish line. Right. So I don't even know if I can say like, I'm not in survival anymore, but I wouldn't say that like, you know, I, I want what I do in my life is, you know, to still be successful, but for a reason, it's not just fame and fortune and Lambos and look at me, mom. Like it's, right. it's, uh, it's what, what's the reason behind this. And, and I think I'm always still trying to, to 
create more impact and know how I can reach more people. And um, I never want to drink my own Kool-Aid and think like, I'm the shit, I've made it. Like, I have so much more to learn and grow and anything that I learn and grow, I can share. What What do you, at least at present, what is kind of your driving reason uh, other than Lambo's <laughs> for, for, for working so hard. I mean, I see your stuff. That doesn't just happen. Like you work your butt yeah. off. What, what's driving you at this point? No, that's a great question. Also, I drive a Mitsubishi <laughs> <laughs> just for the record. I don't ever, I don't, I'm not a car person anyway. Um, that's interesting. It's such a cool question. And I think I need to think about that because I want security. Like I want money in the bank account that like, I don't have to think when I, you know, want to buy something, even if it's a luxury item, I want that security, but I just want, I love my team. I love the people that I get to go to work with every day. And there were so many years even where I didn't pay myself and I just paid them to be able to keep growing the business. I wanted to play the game. And I love what you said about, you know, valuing freedom over security. And I just, I want to keep playing this game and I want to keep growing and I want to see how many people I can reach and, and feel like I did a good thing but also to try to remove the ego from that of like, I'm not trying to do a good thing for me to feel better about it. I want to see the success for other people and help them get to significance. Yeah. You know, I talked to somebody, I can't remember if it was earlier today or yesterday, it all runs together. <laughs> but he was like, you know what my favorite part of the week is? And this was so cool. He goes, you know what my favorite part of the week is? I said, what? He goes, oh yeah, it was yesterday. I was on an interview. Uh, in fact, I know exactly who it was. It was the guy who started uh, a franchise called Gym Guys, which is the largest personal training franchise right. in the world, I think. He's like, you know what my favorite part of the week is? And I was like, what? Payroll. Payroll. I love paying my people. Yes. Because it's, I'm, I'm literally like, we're, we, the work we do is giving life to families. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so cool. You know, a lot of people, like, they roll their eyes, they, they piss and moan about, I got to make payroll. No, you get to make payroll. Yeah. Right? You get to to share the the fruits, share the harvest of the work that you've all done. And I and I, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I love payroll. Yeah. It's so fun to to see this and and that's those kind of experiences I think are what make entrepreneurship so special. I made a post about that. Um it came up on my like remember what you posted on this day. Um, that my first sentence was like, I hate having to pay my employees. It was a quote um, that that's how I felt from one of my previous jobs. Anytime mm -hmm. it was payday, my boss would be like, oh, here you go. And, and I knew that I did good work, but I, but I would, why would I feel guilty about taking yeah. that check that I worked for? And I, I just knew that I never wanted anyone to feel that way. And I've definitely been in jobs where um, I didn't feel supported, encouraged. I wasn't working in my superpower. Um, you know, definitely have, have had some pretty toxic work relationships as I'm sure a lot of people have had to go through that to realize what they want. Um, and I never want to create an environment like that. And so it's cool to have the what not to do or what not to be experienced to, to learn that. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of like a bad marriage is great because you learn what you want in your next marriage. I kind of feel like job, at least bad jobs are great because you kind of learn what you're going to appreciate when you're an entrepreneur, yeah. even when it's hard. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I had one job. I was 16 years old. I got fired after three weeks. 
Huh. And I, and I, I, re I refer back to it all the time in my mind. Like, how did that feel? What, what was it like? The, the, the boss, the supervisor, the towing the line, the dress code, the showing up at a certain hour, the clocking out. And it's like all of it, the condescending secretaries. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I delivered paper clips, print cartridges and whiteout to, to legal secretaries. That was my job. I worked in the office supply room and yeah, never again. So, okay. Um, let's, let's bring, bring up to present. So you've done this work. Um, I've, I've, I'm realizing now from, from when I first encountered you to now, and you know, I was kind of researching, you know, I've lost touch. I, I'm not a super fan uh, per se, but I was reconnecting with your work uh, as I knew we were going to have this interview. And I'm like, Whoa, she's come a long way. Yeah. Her audience, her delivery, her style, all the stuff you said, your clarity of messaging, You've gotten really precise about who you are and what you offer, at least on the, the, the pages that I saw. And it's, it's great. I, I totally see why you're having the success you're having. Um, talk a little bit about what you are doing now in the world, because I think there's probably a lot of people in the audience that would benefit from it. Mm -hmm. I, so like I mentioned that I started as a social media manager, then moved into video marketing, have a video marketing agency. And one of the things that I kept finding with my clients that they'd fall off at, like whether it was the service or whether it was a coaching program is, you know, creating content is great and all, but is that the priority? If you don't have cash flow, if you don't have cash right. flow, you're in survival, like making a video, you're like, I just got to do Like, I got to get a client. I got to do something. And video is consistent, but it takes some, some effort upfront. And so what I had to shift in our strategy was content that turns into cash flow and the strategies that can bring you a cash influx and also what's going to fill your pipeline over the long term so you never have to be in that feast or famine like oh my god what am i going to do for a client right now you just go to your pipeline that your videos from years ago are still generating for you like myself my clients we have videos from i mean five six even years ago that are still mm -hmm. ranking at the top of youtube it's attention that we own not attention that we rent renting meaning like you know, paying into Facebook ads, right? We're not pay to play. These are videos that are consistently filling the pipeline that yes, that's some upfront work, but in the meantime, here's some cash flow systems. Um, so what mm -hmm. I, what I want to bring to people's lives is how to create a content machine and a cash flow system. So that's what we do. And forgive me if I seem distracted, it's because I was actually looking, you, you got me thinking about YouTube stats and YouTube yeah. analytics. And I was looking at them, like noticing how, cause there was a point probably about a year to year and a half ago when some of the stuff you're talking about really clicked and I got very intentional. And, and in a way you, you, you know, you, it's like the Navy SEALs say, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Mm. I slowed down on my video production, my video creation. And I got very, uh, I, I focused on creating systems and I focused on producing optimized content, not just a lot of content that was, uh, unsystematized and it just I mean it's amazing what's happened mm -hmm. not not just on YouTube ad revenue but just like in the business as a whole you talk about using video to fill your pipeline and listen I mean if you're in the audience uh, I'm not pitching you I don't, I don't provide this service I'm not in this business I have plenty of work to do for my own business but what Marley is saying is so so powerful I, I would argue I don't know that there's a more powerful thing you can do to get the dual benefit of lead generation and filling your pipeline, but also 
building relationships and establishing your brand authority. Yes. Then, then creating video, good video content. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you help people? We have a, a whole value ladder. It's a like do-it-yourself course, a done-with-you coaching or a service where people can fly out to our studio and we film all the content for them. They just come for filming and we do the rest. And, and with the strategy, regardless of if you're in the course coaching or service, bring people to six, seven figures, even some at six and seven figure months. So you're one of those scammers that I buy something from and then you're like, oh, now you got to buy the more expensive thing. Oh, now you got to buy the more expensive thing, right? One of those people. No, you could just stay in the course or the coaching program. If you have more time than money, go ahead, do it yourself. But if at some point you're like, I got more money than time, I don't want to film myself. I don't want to hire a video editor and manage them and have to upload these myself and create the thumbnails and do the marketing strategy and all and the lead magnets and the things. That's a lot. You can do it yourself. Absolutely. Here's the system to do it. You need my help to do it. Let me coach you through it and give you my resources, or I can just do it for you. And you show up once a month. Obviously you, you knew I was joking. I'm not trying to help you get rich slow here. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, <laughs> I, I have, I'm, I'm bitter because I got, you know, it's like, I talk about how I, I don't get, I don't indulge in content consumption. I don't, I'm super rigid and, and uh, meticulous about my time, but sure enough this morning, I dropped my daughter off from school. I stopped mm-hmm. at the grocery store to get a coffee. I checked my email and there was some message in there ripping me apart for being a scammer because I oh. sell stuff and I like money. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm bitter today. Yeah, you capitalist pig. Just I know, right? I'm just greed. I just ooze greed. <laughs> um, but so maybe speaking of, I mean, because you talked about helping other people build a value ladder and you described your own, yeah. um, that's, that's a you know, like the palm of our hand concept to you and me, but can you maybe explain the value ladder to the audience? Oh, well, your value ladder is your products and services uh, in kind of a a sequence of your lowest price to your highest price. And as people ascend in, in those steps from your lowest price to your highest price, you're giving them more value. You're giving them more access to you and the price is increasing, but your value ladder is also kind of the same thing packaged in different ways. So I'm still giving you the same strategy and results, but at the bottom of the value ladder, you may be investing more time than money. At the top of the value ladder, you may be investing more money than time. Um, Same thing with like a book. I could read this book, but I have to, you know, digest it, think about it, implement it, try, fail, try, fail, maybe go back to the book. Or maybe I just hire someone to be like, hey, that thing you wrote in the book, can you just implement that in my life? Great, I'll just pay you for that. Um, so your people are paying for ease and speed as they ascend in the value ladder. Yeah, it's interesting. And again, I have no, you know, I never know where these conversations are going to go. That's that's why I love doing this. Um, yeah. But, you know, as you've got me thinking about the, the dynamics of a value ladder, you're right. Sometimes, and that's probably the most common is money and time. The inversion of money and time as you in, you ascend through the value ladder, right? Um, one becomes diminished and one becomes increased. Uh, where you said, like you said, you're paying for, uh, you're you're spending more money to to spend less time, right? But sometimes it could be access, mm-hmm. right? Like you get to the highest level. I mean, you mentioned being in, in inner circle, uh, the mm-hmm. Russell's inner circle, right? Yes. That's yeah. not necessarily. Ex- in, in indirectly, it might accelerate a result. Yes. But what you're pay- but it would happen through basically network access. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, this this would be a a musing that you and I could go have off a, off an interview because it would be boring to just listen to us think. 
<laughs> I wonder what other variables yeah. you can weave into a value ladder that people essentially pay more for to get more of, of something else. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Certainly access and time are the two that jump to mind. Yeah. But no, it, it, you know what I love, this is why I loved consulting when I did it, is you can take any business yes. and structure a value ladder. And That's I think that is, thing to do. right? Yeah. If there was one thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hypothesize that if there was one thing that any business owner could learn to do to completely transform the economics of their business, it would be learn how to take your products and services and structure them into an effective value ladder. And to have the system that can bring people right from the front end all the way up to the top. Yeah. So, so learn how to build a value ladder and learn some sort of scalable, automated, or at least scalable lead generation method to drive people into that value ladder and convert them. Amen. Named it. And, and, and I think a lot of, go ahead. I think a lot of people when, you know, in, in the click funnels world, like you're just one funnel away, they might think, well, I'm just, I'm driving all this traffic to this one thing. Yeah. But you can have a funnel stack where people can come into a $47 product, then be upsold. Then there's like an application page on the back of that that brings them to a high ticket, multi-thousand dollar product that it's not just like sell a thousand thousand dollar things. It's you can bring them into the thousand dollar thing and then ascend them to a $10,000 thing. Yeah, and I mean, I will, I will share right now. If you want to come join Entre Institute, I'll tell you exactly what you're going to find. $39, That's our value ladder. Mm -hmm. That's why we're good at what we do. Yeah. We, we eat our own cooking. Because it's exactly what we're going to teach you to do. And it's exactly what Marley's going to teach you to do. And I love what Marley's sort of her, her core premise, which is that video will drive that more effectively than anything else. And I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Is that your premise? I 100% believe it. Where else can you make a video and have it still generate leads for you years later without you putting any ad spend into it? it Amen. Yeah. And YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And by the way, the first largest search engine in the world loves serving up YouTube videos as search results because it owns YouTube. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so then let's take, I'm trying to decide. Yeah, let's go with it. Let's take an example of actually, why don't you give us a case study from your business? Just, you don't have to name names, but just pick a business category and type that you've worked with. And what did you steer them to do? Yeah. Um, so there's a, a, a client that, uh, that has been using this strategy for, she's like just reaching a year. Um, and when she started on the strategy, she had 1600 subscribers on her YouTube channel. So she had like a little bit, she's doing, she, she had started it. Mm -hmm. Um, a year later, she is in the Airbnb, like re, uh, real estate investing industry. Okay. Um, she has 200,000 subscribers now. In the month of December, uh, you said a year later. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. In the month of December, has uh, she got four thousand organic leads just from YouTube that she can bring all the way up her value ladder? And in the month of December, 
she made $29,000 just from YouTube ad revenue, which that's not even our primary focus because we right. want to bring in those leads and ascend them in the value ladder. So from those 4,000 leads, I don't have the permission to share what, what happened from that, but you can imagine what she was able to convert from that, whether now or later. Like those well, are what's her, what's her product stack? I don't have, I can't share all of that information. I don't have all the information, but she has like front end to, I think her highest price is $50,000. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and guess 4,000 leads, a super wild guess, mm -hmm. two to $400. Well, you said leads, not, not sales. Yeah. Just leads people who subscribe to her email list. So let's assume she converts 5% of them into sales at a $300 revenue per lead, 5% mm -hmm. of 4,000. And those would be to so that would that be 200 at three at what I say three hundred dollars yeah two hundred six hundred six thousand so that's sixty thousand dollars in a you said in a month in a month that was just the month of December twenty twenty yeah. I mean and and I'm giving based on the obviously tiny amount of information and my limited knowledge of the industry but certainly anybody that's got that range in their value ladder that's probably a conservative estimate mm -hmm. tell me would that be a conservative estimate I would say so yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm trying to get this into people's brains. Like you don't have to struggle in the world we live in. Right. There's so much works. Yes. And like time management, here's something that you might want to do with your time. What I'm not saying you have to work with me, but like, this is a system that works and whether you're going to sleep in or you're going to like, Hey, wake up and make some videos that are going to turn into cash flow, I'd say that's a good investment of time. Yeah. I mean, when I started Entra, I spent a year and I know you talked about people are like, oh, do I have time to make videos? I need cash flow. Um, I'll, I'll just share with you my experiment. When I started Entra, I was really committed that I was going to use Entra as the proof of what I would then teach in Entra of like, hey, you can do this. You don't need to like go bring on an angel investor, right? Like you, you can bootstrap this. And so I set myself a year and a $25,000 budget to lay the groundwork for Entra. And for a year, all I did was make videos and boost them to cold audiences and build retargetable audiences. Mm -hmm. And after a year, I could, I, I was, and I didn't even have a product. I was just giving away value, right? Mm -hmm. After a year, I created a course. I now had 2 million people that I could promote that course to that were in my pixel, my Facebook pixel. I, I did Facebook, not YouTube. Started running ads. Spent six months tweaking the offer. And then how to calendar year 2020, we sold 60,000 of those courses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we sold 10,000 of them last month. Like, ah, I spent 25 grand, which let's face it. If you know, if you believe, not know, if you believe you can do this, yeah, you can go get 25 grand. And honestly, you don't even have to, because most people aren't trying to build what I, what you and I have built. They're just trying to make some extra money, right? Right. You could do it with two grand. You could do it with $500. Like, like, so, so let's say somebody comes into your program, you start coaching them on structuring their time, engaging with your process, working your method, creating the content, like brand new person, mm -hmm. assuming they have some sort of product or service to sell. What now? What now? Like, yeah. What, what do they do? They've started creating that. Like, do, do you steer them on, you talked about videos and converting those videos into cash flow. Yeah. So how do they do that? Do you coach them on sales? Do you coach them on building funnels? Like what do they do from the video to create the cash? 
Yeah. So assuming that they, you know, they already have an offer, if they don't have the funnels, we need to create that before we even launch the videos. So it's like click link below to get this thing. And we know the system, the, the whole customer journey that people are going to come to from opt-in to hello to high ticket. Um, and then from there, like you have this now routine that your impacts routine of how often you're putting out these videos, but then what you're also doing with like your documenting content, your Instagram stories, that's bringing people into your ecosystem, uh, your email marketing. And if you want to launch something like a challenge, which can become, we call it an infinite cash flow loop because you can launch a challenge every month. Here's a 21 right. day challenge. Here's a 21 day challenge. And if people are coming in from your YouTube videos, a 21 day challenge is a really great first low investment financial and time for them to be indoctrinated into your system. And they get into this habit of not only, you know, the, the skills that you're teaching them, but over 21 days, they get into the habit of consuming your content, which makes it easy to ascend them to high ticket. Yeah. Amen. That, thank you. I, I didn't, I didn't have a specific answer I wanted, but if I did, that was it. Right. Um, no, I mean, chat and, and you mentioned even challenges. We're literally building a challenge right now. Oh, we're launching, we're launching yeah. our own uh, software platform and we're coupling it with challenge training. Love get it. people into the, you know, not that maybe that many people are launching their own SaaS, but if you are a challenge is a great way to get people onboarded into the SaaS and retain them because mm -hmm. you create usage, not just, I guess, people looking under yeah. the, go, oh, that looks cool. I should do that someday. No, like the challenge can walk them through engagement and creating usage and momentum. Um, so speaking of challenges, you have the infinite impact challenge. You want to yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So it's the infinite video impact challenge. And this is where we actually teach you the system of how to turn these videos into evergreen assets for your business that can generate leads on autopilot. So over 21 days, we, you know, create the whole system with you every day. There's an action item of, you know, your, your lead generation, your lead nurture, your lead conversion. And at the end of your 21 days, you should have the rest of your strategy ready to go. And people can find out more about that where? Yeah, go to infiniteimpactchallenge.com. Awesome. And I've already, uh, I've already perused that site and, and opted in and it's, uh, it looks really, really solid. I haven't been through the challenge, but it looks really, really solid. So, um, well, Marley, this has been amazing. Yeah. What a great conversation. So, okay. I got actually one more question I have to ask and feel free to say, Jeff, that's super obnoxious. Don't ask. <laughs> Remember small minds talk about people. You can remind me of my own quote, yeah. um, that we had, that we had before we hit record. Have you, have you bumped into your ex since you are such a baller? Uh, no, I, I left the country <laughs> um, and we have no contact and that's on purpose. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, forgive, forgive me like super gossipy, annoying no question. I was like curious. I couldn't help myself. Okay. Well, th this has been really great. Um, and I, I thank you for your time. I thank you for what you're doing in the world. I thank you for evangelizing what I believe is, is such a deep truth, which is that the power of video marketing distributed through these online platforms has a life-changing potential for millions of people. And if you're one of those people out there listening, go check Marley's stuff out. Uh, I've, I've been, I've tracked her for a couple of years and it's great. Um, any final thoughts? This was so fun to be, I love that we talked about all sorts of things, but uh, thank you for letting me share. And uh, for anyone interested, also come follow me on YouTube or Instagram. Like I said, I, I personally respond to any message, especially on Instagram. So come, uh, come, we can go chat over there. It's Marley, like, and obviously we'll put this in the description and yeah. everywhere, but Marley Jacks with two X's. Yes. 
in case they can't read the, the signs behind <laughs> you or they're listening on a podcast actually. Right. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.